Episode 64 of the Koi's R Us podcast. I am Joel. I'm here with Kim. I'm here with Ben. We are American, and we're going to talk some Spurs. Tottenham won. Burnley nil in the FA Cup third round draw. I guess we could start there. We could talk about our fourth round draw, which just happened earlier today. Um, And then we'll also talk a little bit about the upcoming match this weekend against Manchester United, who also won their FA Cup third round match uh, earlier this evening as well. Ben, welcome back. Thank <laughs> you very you, much. You missed the last episode. I think I did, yeah. I guess I guess I'll start with you straight out the bat. We we won that game against Burnley. It's not yeah, it's uh <laughs> Yeah, we won. We advanced. What were your thoughts during the game and then I guess what were your thoughts immediately after full-time whistle blew? Yeah. Well, I I was uh pleasantly surprised that Ange started pretty much a completely full-strength squad. Um I wasn't sure whether or not he was going to do that. I didn't think he would make as many changes as, as that Fulham game earlier this year. But did he have a choice? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess like half the team was already playing that Fulham game earlier. I guess the main one I was happy to see is that uh, Vicario was in because I was yeah, a little I mean, concerned we might get Forster. Yeah, I mean, I feel like yes, he. You always have a choice of who you play, but it's like, bro, you don't have another game in nine days. Number one, right? So you don't. It's not like you're saving the guys for anything. And number two, half your team's unavailable anyway. So if he didn't play his strongest possible 11, he would have been playing like Donnelly. And you know what I'm saying? Like he, right. he kind of didn't have too many options there. Yeah, Vicario is the main one that I'm talking about. I guess it's Vicario yeah. and the fullbacks. Because <laughs> really almost everybody else is already second choice. Um, <clears throat> that is true. Though. Seriously, it's crazy that like more than half of our team right now is, is second choice. Anyway, I'll tell you this: uh, if he, even if we had all of our players, I feel like he still should have played a strong eleven, and I would have been pissed if he had. Agreed. Hadn't. Yeah, I agree because, like you said, we're not even. This isn't a midweek game. There's a week before and a week after this game. No reason to uh to have to give players rest. And you're playing a you're Premier just, League team, right? Yeah. So um, so I guess it wasn't super shocking to me that we looked kind of how we have for the last month or so which is just a little bit sluggish out there like we don't really have a creative spark we don't um we're not we're, while we're still usually winning the possession battle i feel like we're not dominating possession the same way and we're not doing as much with our possession um we seem more likely to want to play on the break a little bit more right now and i guess that's probably because of the lack of madison probably more than anybody i know we talked about not having our center backs i feel like does hold the whole team back defensively we've been okay even though we're giving a ton of shots um but our build-up play has just not been what it was earlier this year so i, I think it's going to be huge to get especially romero but uh, mickey mickey back there as our defensive cheat code but also he seems just really comfortable on the ball it's you don't see that same level of comfort with uh royale in particular so i'm bummed also that it sounds like davies got injured at the end of that game i don't know if there's been an update to that but yeah, no, not that I've seen, but I, I did yeah, hear that he, he like did his ha- his hammy or something like that. That doesn't yeah, sound super it, encouraging. It's it's hammy said. this year. It's been hamstrings all over well, the field. Well, the, the streak continues. We, we, yeah. It's been it's been now what like 
seven or eight matches uh, straight with us having either uh, an injury or a suspension. So it looked like we actually got through the game without an injury, and then the news came out after the game ended. <laughs> yeah, so and to like, our, our, our thinnest spot still right uh, now, too. So we'll see if uh, if we end up getting that center half in before the United game. It's looking kind of like or, you know, kind of doubtful at this point that's going to happen in, prior to that United game. And Romero's not going to supposed to be back still until February, right? So is it going to be Royale and, and Vandeven here? <laughs> I mean, it just depends. Like, I feel like there were Dragushin. Dragushin. There was a few. Yeah. There well, was a few times. There was a few times where you, we would hear someone like really did their hand me, and then they'd be available for the next match. So it it we really just have to see. Well, the Sar one. Just how? Well, yes. Yeah, so like he right. he went to Senegal. So it's like we really just have to see how um bad it was like it could have been just a knock it could be worse we don't have any updates and so we'll see but i mean if we were willing to play davies and uh royale and we had to do that then we can play i mean royale and vandeven i'll be okay with that like it's not the end of the world um, and I I even wonder if 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 ben is healthy and vandeven is if if uh he would go with the two left footers or if you'd prefer to have the balance, even if Emerson's not quite as good as Davies. I think he would play steady. Davies and I think Van so too. together. Yeah, he seems to, and like he even said, when he's looking at center back targets, he doesn't look at right foot versus left foot. He looks at, is this person good for what I want profile, to do? Yeah. And so, yeah, right. basically, the cat looks at profile. Thing. So I think he would start Davies and um, Van Deven together. I don't think he'd have a problem with it. Well, going back to the Burnley match, you talked about how we had possession but didn't really create much. And I wanted to look at how the stats matched up with that. 63% possession, 16 shots, seven of them on target, but our expected goals was only a 1.3. Um, yeah, and our one goal was probably like a 0. 0.01 expected goal. Po- 0. 0.03, actually. Yeah. <laughs> 0. 0.03, uh, 3% chance of that goal happening, and that's what advanced us. Uh, compared to Burnley, they had a one point. 1.7 expected goal compared to our 1.3, so pretty even there. And they actually had two big chances to our zero. So all told, we probably should have lost this game despite um, dominating possession. They had a really, really big chance right, right at, at the, the end, end of the game yeah. uh, in front of the face of goal that I still, I still am not sure how they missed. Um, I'm glad they did. Really didn't want a replay. Um, I think it was the same player that actually missed both of those chances, Amduni, um, which is one of the guys they played up front. Uh, I think I actually think he was the one that missed both of their big chances. And that's just, I mean, I don't know if if you put that on us having you know the two fullbacks playing center back. I don't know if you put that down to fatigue. I don't know if you put it down to our style of play. Um. But if you're playing Burnley at home, you'd expect, at the very least, you'd have more chances than them, which wasn't really the case. And it looked for a while that it was going to finish nil-nil because it didn't look like either team really tested the goalie all that much. Despite us having seven shots on target, I don't really remember any chances, and not any that come to mind anyway, where I was like, oh, we should have scored that goal. And I think the XG being as low as it is is probably um, a testament to that. Brandon Johnson had one chance that curled and looked like it might have gone in. If he would have hit that with a little more pace, he probably would have scored. 
Um, but most of the chances that we did have either were at the goalkeeper went just wide or just wasn't threatening enough. Um, so that to me was basically the game is we had good possession. We got in decent positions, but no one could turn those decent positions into goals. And the one thing that, you know, the one guy who's missing that we can rely on the XG God, Sonny, he can turn decent chances into goals. And I feel like it's the first game of us not having him. We're going to have to we're as a team going to have to figure out how to play without him. And so that was the first, you know, possibility of what it, what it could look like, but I don't, I don't expect it to look that bad again, as is what I should say. I feel like what we've shown over the course of the year is that we do have the ability to improve and guys can learn how to play with other guys. And so in my estimation, I don't think we'll be that bad again. Well, that's optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be trying to be. I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm as optimistic. I mean I'm I'm thinking about I mean, we play the... we play United next. Like I don't, I don't. I, I mean, don't we know. just played Burnley. <laughs> it's not, they're not worse than Burnley. At least Burnley tries hard. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it would be helpful to not have Skip playing as the eight. That's almost like playing a man down. I mean, well, yeah. I, I think that we talked about this before the game. A, yeah. But yeah, Skip, it, he was just, we were, I think we, we chatted a little bit before the game about whether he was going to be playing the six or the eight. And I don't love the idea of him as a six, but I really don't like the idea of his, him as an eight. I feel like if the if, if Skip's going to be in there, it probably makes sense to have him be in a, like a double pivot to change formation. Yeah, he seems to only like look good this year when he's playing next to Hoybier at the end of games. So I don't know. I don't know if it's just his style of play. He needs to have that kind of uh, pressure valve next to him. He can't just be the only guy. He's not press resistant and he's not progressive enough. Well, you talk about Skip. That's one of the big changes from the prior match, which was against Burnmouth, where we scored three. We scored three goals with a lot of the same players. The biggest difference, Sar is gone. Skip came in for him, and then Sun was obviously gone. Kulisevsky went Kula back was, to the the wing. He was suspended, yeah. I think, on that game. Right, exactly. So he came back in. Um, and coming into the Burnley match, I was kind of like expecting. I don't know. I had a feeling like Kulisewski would have a really strong game. It felt like a game that he would be able to kind of impose his will, especially with Sun not there. And he's one of the more creative players that can also finish. Um, but that didn't really happen. He didn't have much of an impact. Also thinking about Lacelso, who was amazing against Bournemouth, man of the match, two assists, really did a good job managing the offense he kind of also disappeared against Burnley, got subbed off in the 58th minute. Didn't really have much of an impact either. He got um, injured too, I think, right? He was getting he kicked was, around a lot. I was going to say, that's the well, one thing. He spends half that... the game doing slide tackles. You're going to get stepped on a lot. No, but I think Burnley, the ref definitely let Burnley kick lumps out of players. <laughs> it It felt like there were moments where I was like, if this was a Premier League ref, they would have definitely just called a foul. And the ref was just like, no, nah, it's okay. Keep going, keep going, keep going. So it it allowed the game to be very free-flowing, but guys were getting kicked. And so when... But I thought that he called it evenly. 
He wasn't really blowing uh, the whistle for and, anybody. And I'm not going to say he didn't, but that doesn't change the if, fact that those are fouls. Like they can be fouls on both sides, but they're still fouls. It that benefits too. them more. It, it almost always benefits the you know the smaller team if the ref is going to let them play more physical, just because obviously usually the bigger teams are going to have the more kind of intricate styles of play and the intricate more intricate players. Um, if you can just play rugby on the other side of things, then you know. And I'm not saying Burnley's exactly like that now. They that used to be Burnley's thing, but they uh i just think that it benefits i know that burnley's not technically a championship side but they were last year and they very well might be again next year um it's looking like it yeah and i just i think that that helps them more than it helps us yeah he wasn't being unfair either he just he was just a, had a high threshold yeah i think the other reason i bring up the bournemouth match obviously we scored the three goals however convincingly you thought we got those three goals we guess we still got them and I'm really thinking about how our offense is going to manage at least over the next two to three matches until Madison and Van de Ven get back, uh, particularly without the benefit of Saar at the eight and Sonny in the front three. And this Burnley match was not like it didn't give me a ton of confidence going forward that we're going to be able to score the goals that we need. And I think the way that we play especially with our propensity to give goals up, it kind of requires us to put the goal, the ball in the back of the net in order to have success. This is not the type of team, especially with the players that we have now, that's going to be able to just stall teams out and rely on a one-goal win. It worked against Burnley, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were just really, really, really unclinical. United is an interesting matchup to think about, um, but before we get to... United, I also want to, obviously, we have to talk about the goal that we scored. I mean, my guy. I yeah. was like, I definitely said, I feel like if we give Pedro the armband, he'll score. And he didn't even need it. He scored. And Nah, yeah, that was... What a goal. Like, that Like that goal has literally been on repeat in my head since then. And I watch it on a regular basis. I feel like I, I watch it a couple times a day. And I just like... <laughs> Think about the fact that it went in, and I was just like, "What?" Like, I really just think, I just think, "Wow!" Every time I see it, I'm like, "Wow, wow, wow, wow!" And it's been a while since we we've had a goal scored like that for our team. I feel like, yeah, um, well, that's because Harry Kane doesn't play for us anymore. But yeah, but he also that... wasn't scoring many. Like, I don't know the 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 flight of that ball and the way it dipped just to like tuck into the into like top bins like i'm i don't think i've seen a ball hit like that and literally just dip into the top I corner mean, like that yeah, in a while it's, it's a 0.03 for a reason um that was insane i was definitely jumping up and down after that went in and it was we needed it we really needed it because it it looked like that was a a nil nil game right on the way and um he saved us he saved us, moved us on to the next round. Of course, been like one of our best players these last few games, actually. Maybe, I mean, him, really all season. Doggy. I'm yeah. telling you. I think Most I, consistent, I, probably. I think I said when we did who are our players of the season um, a few weeks ago, that was mine. And he's not letting me down. Nah, he's been, he's, he's, he's definitely down. been holding it down. He definitely, I love the way that he scores that goal and then grabs the badge. Like, I feel like we have a bunch of guys who like, who get it. Um, and when I say get it, I, you know, I'm not one of those 
fans that feels like I don't expect the the players to care more about the club than we do. That's not that's not realistic. They are doing a job at the end of the day. But I think he gets it in terms of like what it means for us, you know? And I think that's really what you want a player to do is to like perform for the fans because the fans care so much and we want you to exhibit that same energy when you're on the pitch. And I feel like guys like him and guys like Kulisevsky and guys like Vicario and like we have players that are actually doing the things now um, where I feel like in previous years, sometimes you would question the passion. Sometimes you'd question how committed they are. Sometimes you'd question when we lose these nonsense cup matches to teams you've never heard of before. Do these guys even care? They don't look like they're even trying. Uh, they don't. They wait till the 80th minute when they're about to lose to start putting in a shift. And I feel like that's, regardless of the result, that's really not a complaint that we've had this year. And most of the players that we typically would complain about that type of stuff about, they're not at Spurs anymore. Yeah, that's that, that change to the culture that we talked about, Ange and Stilling. I think him obviously coming in, having a completely different attitude than the last few managers have had, having our leadership of the players change as drastically as it had this year, going from having kind of your robotic, super good kicker of the football, kind of boring person in Harry Kane to Madison, um, you know, to, and Romero and people that just seem to have a lot more passion, basically, like you were saying, yeah, yeah. for both the team and the sport, you know, and it's itself, they really look like they're having fun out there and that they're happy playing for the team they do and you know they're happy where they are i just don't i don't think we've had a lot of that in the last few years it was a lot more even when things were going well they just seemed quieter you know they seem more like i said kind of robotic <clears throat> i mean hugo's like that even like davies is like that to a degree they're you know not that's to say that they have no they have no passion for the game or anything like that it's just it's not the same it doesn't feel as um natural, they felt like a bunch of guys doing a job yeah. Opposed to like guys out there having fun. And and then maybe that has something to do with, I mean, it probably has a lot to do with who our manager is, but mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I think that's a good point. I also feel like there's a different mindset, right? Like, I feel like a lot of like the whole Spursy tag was a lot of times, I think if it felt, and this is like, I'm projecting here <laughs> to some extent, but I do, I did sometimes feel watching some of the older teams that they were like, conscious of it and they were almost playing not to lose um like almost like worried about what would happen if they didn't do well versus versus just like going out and playing hard and trying to get the job done it was like they were playing tentatively almost like they were worried about the backlash if they didn't get it done and i feel like some of that like the nerve of not of not winning i guess I feel like I don't really see that as much from this team. And maybe it's just because they're so much younger now and they're too naive to care. But that, that I think, is also the benefit of having a younger team um, is that guys are just, like, excited about being the Premier League. They're excited about playing at this nice stadium. They're excited about playing Ange Ball. Like, they're all happy to be there. And they're, you don't really get the sense that anybody's going through the motions. Um, certainly not to the to the extent that that maybe you did with previous squads well yeah it's it's, it's to the your point and what we've, we've already said this but how Conte and Mourinho in particular 
it was to them, it was like they were doing us a favor by being here. And it kind of started to feel like that with Kane to a degree too, is that mm -hmm. he was, he was just doing us a favor by sticking around with us. And we had to win something to make it worthwhile to him. To, to prove to him that we were worth his time. Right. Whereas now, yeah, it just seems like, like you said, people are happy to just play for the team. They're much happier to be there. And I just think that that, again, and just happy to be here. A bunch of the players are, are legitimately happy uh, versus, yeah, it feeling like a, a slog that if we're, if it's not a win, it wasn't worth it. That's just the way that our games in general are like how they're more fun to watch now because yeah. it's not only hinging on the fact that we, do we pick up all three points? I think it's like the gameplay. And I think even just the way that they talk about the club feels a little bit more genuine and maybe it's lip service and maybe it's them just pandering to the fans and if that's what they're doing, then I hope they keep on doing it because <laughs> I'm eating it right on up. Um, <laughs> there was a there was a post game interview, I think, with Poro and, and Brennan, Brennan Johnson. Johnson. Yep. And I, saw, um, I actually saw that right before the call. I was like catching up on some. Of oh yeah, stuff. and like I, I think I saw it on Twitter, and the interviewer basically asked them like, "How are you? How are you guys liking playing for Inge?" And they just looked at each other and started giggling. And it was just like, yo, like. That's what it is. That's <laughs> the vibe. These guys are like, have you ever seen? Because the person who posted it was like retweeting the the original tweet. And they, I don't remember who said it, but they were commenting like, I don't think I've ever seen a reaction like this from a player being asked about their coach. <laughs> and I was like, huh, that's that's true. Like, I've never seen that before either. Like they brought up Ange and they both just started smiling. They looked at each other and just started giggling. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's great, man. We're having fun. We love it. We love it. It's like, oh my god, like, what is this man doing in training? <laughs> it's insane. I'm telling. You. And and what they say is it's his. It's the way that he can get them like activated. I think mentally, like the way he talks to them, especially in his like pregame and like. Um, video, session. talks, video sessions yeah. it just seems like he really taps into what it takes to get them to just play to the next level and when you find someone it's just with anything when you find someone who truly speaks to you of course you're gonna love that like if you really feel like this person is speaking to you anything that like really feels like it's for you you eat it up and you just can't get enough of it it's like if you read a book and you feel like the author's got like your mind and you could see everything that's happening and it really does speak to you. That's the kind of book that you're going to remember. It's the kind of book you're going to go back to. Um, it's the kind of book you might read again two or three times because it just really does speak to you. Music, it with, does that to you. I could imagine, like I played basketball. If I had a coach that I felt was like, you know, made me feel like I was the best player every time I stepped on the court, I play better just because, you know, it 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 does give you that juice. And I feel like Ange is just like juicing everybody up all the time. And I, I feel like it has, it has made guys play above their head because you see those tweets about the Arsenal team. If they would have lost all the players we lost, I mean, they're losing right now, but they'd still like, it, they can't think about what the team would look like if they had this many injuries. And we wouldn't even last year be able to think about our team if we had this many injuries. That's we didn't, we didn't have injuries last year. We still sucked. 
So. But that's but that's where I see the the improvement of yeah. just mentality of the guys. And I'm telling you, feeling good about yourself and about your game can make you play better. And we we've seen it. I mean, we saw with Potch where we saw guys play above their head with him as well. And and you see it occasionally with a new manager bounce, but it's been I don't know, six months now. And that vibe, that energy is still there. So you can't really say it's just because, oh, he's new and he made a change and everyone's just loving it because it's different. No, they love it because they truly do love it. They love playing for him because they truly do love playing for him. And that's the kind of like energy that really does to me continue to bring in players who like I, I can see in the summer people who have watched Spurs play for the last year like it's going to be less of us trying to convince players to play for Spurs than players just saying like can you can my club just figure it out yeah and that's when like signing players is easier getting better talents is easier like having a coach that people truly do want to play for in any sport allows your front office or your you know, or your owner, your management to make easier and better decisions. And so I feel like that's the track that we're seeing ourselves go on now is. And and I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier as well. Like it's not players looking at Spurs and saying, oh my God, like I'm going to have that bad juju over my head. I'm going to have to worry about what happens if I don't advance in a cup or if I do this, you know, they have a reputation of kind of blowing big games. Now I'm going to be it's like that whole aura has kind of been lifted. And I think that does, to your point, also play a factor in guys wanting to come here opposed to like, I'm going to walk into a bunch of pressure where I have to perform amazingly. It's like, oh, and I actually want to play in that system. That actually looks like a lot of fun. And I'm going to be in the Premier League and I'm going to have a chance at Champions League and I'm going to like. We have no Europe this year, and we were still able to do a pretty decent job this summer in terms of Vicario, Vandevin, Madison, and that was really just attributed to, like, what? People Ange. wanted to play for Ange, <laughs> and people want <laughs> to play it. in the Premier League. Like, those are the two things. And we're Living in London, that's the other competitive advantage uh, we have. Over yes, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, um, it's funny because with the way that you were describing Ange and his motivational style and kind of telling the players what they need to hear. Um, it almost kind of reminded me of like a cult leader, um, which is interesting because, you know, I love, I love my cult. You, love a, you love a cult documentary. I love you a cult, really man. I'm, I'm all about the cults. And I'm like, maybe I mean, Ange is building a football we, cult. We are in the what cult he's doing. of Ange, like a hundred percent. Ange, he is definitely the kind of guy that people look at as like a, messiah in football like i Yo, feel like he goes to a facts. team <laughs> he goes to a team and they he just start to miracles you know <clears throat> i mean i always found it interesting that apparently people he love turned water into wine with spurs is all i gotta say <laughs> <laughs> right? he did. but apparently he he for him to have the players love him that much when at least by all reports you hear is that he doesn't really interact directly with him that with mm -mm. them that much yeah he's more of an overseer that just creates an environment, I guess. It's 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 almost bizarre to hear that he's had that much of an impact on them and the people like him that much when when you hear that like I said that he just doesn't have a ton of personal contact with him. I guess maybe that 
keeps gives him some keeps of authority maybe I, I don't really know necessarily the reasoning behind yeah, it the but... reason I, I do remember hearing the reason he doesn't do it is because he never wants to feel like players feel like he's showing favoritism like there are you know with with coaches you can all you can often see like these are their his guys right I mean, you and knew which players Pochettino know. loved more than other players. Like you we knew about it. You always know this guy. Is <laughs> well, that's why Hoybeer but... isn't doing as well because he can't be the teacher's pet. <laughs> oh, that's, you know that's, that's definitely yeah. his. Uh, that's yeah. yeah, that's his lane. Yeah, that's his vibe. But well, they, but they... that seems to be like his modus operandum is basically like I'm not gonna like I may like these guys a lot and I may like this guy more than this one, but they'll really never know because I don't show it to them. Which I yeah, think creates also maybe an effect of like guys constantly wanting to prove themselves to him. Um, but also, I mean, a lot of them speak to the fact that he's just a really good speaker. And I think like that's something that you heard across his coaching career is people commenting about how well he speaks and relates. And so, you know, it's almost like a professor in college who like, you look forward to going to their class. You might not have a personal relationship with them, but you know every time you go, like you're gonna get something out of it, and you're gonna walk away like, wow, like I never thought about that before. You know, well, I feel like he, he kind of has that sense about him. Like he's kind of like a a football professor, where like well, every his, time his they come to training, they're coming to class. Right, and that's why his press conferences are are entertaining too. Super it, engaging. It, when it just it feels like almost everything he says, I agree with him a hundred percent. Whereas Conte was like, it, it, "That's what cult leaders do, Ben. That's what they do. <laughs> I know. They brainwash you. <laughs> we're all brainwash being brainwashed, all. and we love it. We love it. I also, hey, I, we're being brainwashed, but the the results are the results. And hey, if if you got them boys performing, I'll take the brainwashing. Well, and considered <laughs> to be where we are at this point in the season with the players that we have at hand, with the, all the injuries and suspensions we've had, I just think if we could go on and get a little run of luck in terms of injuries and, and suspensions, we could start picking up a huge amount of points. Because considering we're doing this hamstrung the way we are, um, no pun just imagine when, yeah, just imagine what we'd be looked like if we were full strength. And I we mean, have, we, you know, we, we saw it in September and October before everybody went down. Is Just before that damn Chelsea game. That Chelsea game oh, ruined our Chelsea entire game. season. It really did. And we're still not ruined. We're a point out of fourth. <laughs> that is, that's how I keep, I keep hearkening back to the fact that we were able to bank all those points early just made it so that when we did have a downturn, you know, it felt like we were, things were spiraling out of control, but it was like four weeks of not even, and maybe not even four weeks, four games of what we felt like was not us picking up results. And, and like to see us turn that around with the same, not having the same guys. Like usually when you see a team turn around their form, it's like they buy a player or the coach changes or they totally make a big change to the lineup, but we stepped, we just literally kept rolling out the same guys and maybe not even the same guys because that other guy got hurt and they just started to then improve a little bit, a little bit, a little bit and pick up results. And so and I really look at the results. We did get fortunate, but all teams get fortunate. Yeah, like, absolutely. You, you, but I we, still, I still feel like there. the general resiliency of the team is really, really good. Like, Certainly I, better. I, Certainly better I, than well, it's yes. been in the years past, yeah. for sure. 
one for a while there it seemed like we were getting unfortunate like we were like i mean that villa game is probably the best example where we're outplaying the other team and we're not getting all the points now it seems like our luck has kind of leveled off a little bit more so we're either getting fortunate or we're getting the right amount of fortune because like joel i think he said maybe we should have even lost that game against burnley i don't know if we should have lost it but i don't think we necessarily did enough to win it you can tell we didn't because it took a you know a wonder strike to get to walk away with the uh with the win but I mean, you could certainly see a situation where that Poro, where that Poro shot doesn't go in, and that chance that Burnley gets at the end does. Yeah, absolutely. And the it exact, an, it was the rest of the game could have played out the exact same way, and we would have been like, "Damn it, we're out of the cup." It, it, exactly. It wouldn't have shocked me at all had we drawn that game, for instance. It wouldn't have shocked me if we had lost it either. Um, but I think we were a little bit fortunate, and then overall, we had the 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 quality when it really mattered with that with that goal, and that's. Like Kim said, all teams get lucky. I mean, that you can get unlucky. That's why, again, soccer is such a weird sport because you can dominate and lose the game anyway, and that just doesn't happen in other sports. But the, that's what makes the FA Cup what it is, right, is that you can have these championship teams and League One teams beating Premier League teams on their day. So, I mean, it's like the NCAA tournament, except for even crazier. Well, speaking of beating teams that are better than you <laughs> – I guess we could talk about the fourth round draw, which is Man, Man City. <laughs> on the on the bright side, we're at home, which is a place that they have not performed well. They haven't even scored a goal yet. I think a lot of Spurs fans are hanging their hat on that as a sense of maybe just trying to G ourselves up. I also feel like they've played at the new stadium five times without scoring a goal. I would be shocked <laughs> if if we it's did a it a sixth time. Like I, <laughs> I feel like that I feel like that stat is supposed to make me feel better, but it actually makes me feel worse. It's like, how many times are you gonna be able to keep a clean sheet against City? Like we've done it five times at home. That's incredible. I would do it with be Emerson shocked. playing quarter center back. Right. Like come on. Um and I, I think, you know, De Bruyne being back doesn't help things. I feel like they've um been obviously still very good, but nowhere near the levels that they've been the past four seasons. De Bruyne not being there is a big part of the reason why I feel like when he's healthy, he's the best player in the Premier League. That's just my opinion. So, you know, you lose a player like that for half the season and you're still in third place with the game in hand. Like, like they're, you know, they are what they are. Um, I, I was watching the draw and I'm just like, come on, man, like give us, you know, Give us League One. Give us even Championship. I'd I'd be fine with a Leicester City or somebody. They give us, of course, of course we get City. Of course we get City. As soon as I as soon as I saw Man City's number come up, I was like, damn it! And I just closed the feed. Like I don't even care about this anymore. <laughs> I was immediately mad. Do we have a chance in this game? Like that's what we we have. I know a I know we have a chance because we beat City every year. And the last I feel time like we, played we, them, we typically drew. don't. I think this is going to sound stupid. I know this is going to sound stupid. But I'm going to say it anyway. For some reason, I feel like I would have more confidence if this was a Premier League game. And I don't know why that is because it's the same two teams. But they seem to always beat I, us in the cup. Not even just them. Like, I feel like Everybody. we have been able to nick wins against better teams in the league. I don't think we've ever beaten a team we were supposed to lose to in a cup, at least not in the eight or nine years that I've been watching. If anything, we lose to teams we're supposed to beat. And when we play teams that are supposed to beat us, they definitely do. 
whether it was Chelsea of old or Liverpool or City. I don't know. There's not a ton of... Uh, I, I'm not very confident. I feel like this is probably the last team I would have wanted us to draw to. Maybe Liverpool would have been the only worst draw. But, yeah, I mean, with Holland and, and, and De Bruyne back in the team, I don't know if that's even true. So... Give me something. What should I be confident about here? I can't give you anything, man. I'm sorry. We're I, at home. I, That's I, the confidence yeah, right there. This is where we need Jesse, the, Jesse, the optimist of, of the chat. Jesse. And he was unavailable. And I wanted him on the chat so bad today just so I could argue with him. I wanted to tell him all the reasons that he shouldn't be optimistic. But he's not here to defend himself. So we'll, ha- we'll have to maybe next week we can discuss it after the uh, after the United game. Um, so yeah. the way that the schedule will look is we play United on Sunday. Then we have the city match sometime that, that next weekend. And then Brentford. I think we're supposed to have ours on Saturday. I heard they may have auto just slotted everyone for Saturday and mm. then they might like disappropriate it. But the game after the city match is going to be Brentford on a Wednesday. So you think. City our, uh City uh Spurs is a pretty big draw. They'll probably make it um you know a primetime match. I imagine it'll be a Saturday or uh Sunday at like 11:30 Eastern. So that's basically our slate of games and and you think that maybe by Brentford we might get Madison back. Maybe he'll be back for City. Um, but we really haven't heard too much, and Ange is very cagey about telling us when injured players are going to return. Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys talked about that last week. That's actually something I want to bring up. <clears throat> is you know, in American sports, aren't there like rules against being like just lying about play? Like how Bentoncourt came out of nowhere? You couldn't do that in the NFL. You have to have so, like a. So did he lie though? I don't know if lying no, is, but he definitely right. keeps it close to his chest. More than most, I feel like he's. I, mean, I, I think you like can he, do that. I feel in like other when people, too. I feel like when people ask him the questions, he answers them in the way he should. He says, "Yes, they're injured, or no, they're not," or "Yes, they'll be ready, or no, they're not." Like, I feel like with the one, it was Van Deven that he was like, Van Deven was talking about how he'd be back in like oh, at Pally Alley, yeah, when and he was Madison at, too at the darts. It was at the darts. Yeah. It was like I'll be back in two weeks, and. Andrew was just like, we'll see. Like he didn't, he didn't say yes or no. He didn't say like how things were going. But the, the I feel like he doesn't outright. Though. He doesn't outright lie. Yeah, I, but I, I, I don't. I don't remember word, anyone but... asking him a question about Bentecourt in the preceding press conference to say is he going to be around? Is he going to be ready? And no. he's certainly so, not going to offer the information volunteer without no. ask. Yeah, it's, I thought though that it's, every it's a competitive. Every... It is a competitive advantage, in my opinion. Yeah. So I feel like he's using it. Um, but I feel like when he when people do ask him if this guy's available, this guy's injured, he'll say yes. He'll say no. But if they well, don't yeah, ask, he's not going to give it. Imagine as a team game planning to have Skip be the six, and then you get Bentoncourt shows up on game day. <clears throat> I mean, I love that. I love that. Yeah, for I, us. I do too. That's what I'm saying. Um, but he did it with with Cessnyan too. I mean, out of nowhere, Cessnyan's just in the team. Well, I feel like well. Cessnyan had been in training. Like I feel like I'd heard about him being in training, um, at least. But he's definitely 
missing a lot of fitness that guy he yeah the, the bent core was the weirdest one i've ever seen though i think in soccer at least where it looked like he was still going to be a week or two away and then maybe he would start getting some substitutions and all of a sudden he's starting the game i thought that something was wrong with the like their information when they when i first heard his name get called i feel like he was healthy and yeah we had a need <laughs> if we didn't need him he wouldn't have started basically that's true and so I feel like, I mean against Burnley he played 83 minutes so and I looks think like Anthony he's working probably his way back a little more than he wanted to that game was he felt like he needed him so yeah we did cuz this also <laughs> so, didn't really show yeah so in general I feel like when it if it's just if it's a need and the guy's healthy Ange will play him if he doesn't need, if he doesn't feel like he needs him then we might see that like play out over a few weeks where um you know he can give them the opportunity to make sub appearances before they actually start but right now we just don't have the bodies <laughs> that's really the the bottom line is when we get a guy back he's going to play and we can expect that if we feel like someone's healthy again they're probably going to play um yeah, at least if they were that... first at least if they were first choice to begin with yeah i was a little surprised we didn't see <clears throat> vandeven just get a few minutes at the end of that burnley game I don't know if we ran out of substitutions or substitution. Uh, you can only have three different substitution periods or something, right? You have five subs, but you can only do it so many times. Yeah, we had used up all of our windows by the 83rd minute, and that's when he brought on Scarlett, Donnelly, and Sessegnon. Right. I mean, there are a few There were a few folks asking for a Van de Ven sub um, at the pub when I was watching the game, and I was kind of like, we need to score a goal. Like, I don't know yeah. that the he's defense wasn't put terrible on... yeah for van defense what i was thinking yeah but i also feel like you got to try to win the game um mm-hmm. i mean granted he did bring on those three players after the goal had been scored five minutes after so maybe you could have put him in uh at that time but i think he maybe saw it as an opportunity to to give guys minutes who probably won't be getting any against united Versus Vandeven, who you imagine is going to start straight away. He's also right. now got an additional week and change to continue training with the team. The nice thing about playing Burnley on a Friday means that your next match is not for nine days. So anybody who played or didn't play is still going to have plenty of time to rest and recover. Um, so that by the time we get to the United game, we'll be able to play as strong a lineup as possible. Um, is there a limit to how many subs you can make in a sub window? Do you know? Like, are you allowed to make all five at the same time? I think so. I think yeah, so I think too. You could. I think yeah. you could. Just curious, but no. I overall, I, I'm I'm not upset to not see him in there. I just it would have been good to see him get a few minutes just to see that he's back and ready. But I mean, I don't think he would have been in the squad with that. I, with you know, without that having been the case. And I think you're right that we'll probably see him start against uh, United. Well, speaking of availability, Mickey's back. Um, Madison is still slated as mid-January, so whatever that means. I don't necessarily expect to see him on Sunday, but I'm sure the press will ask about that when they meet with Ange on Friday. So we'll probably hear about that. Um, And then Solomon and Romero are both slated for February returns. Um, Ashley Phillips was loaned back out. So we will not be seeing him play for Spurs this season. Um, they're shopping Jed Spence. Looks like 
I don't know. His Spurs career is not looking good right now. And I just don't see where he fits in with the team. Honestly, I think that's really what it is. Um, there's also like been some concerning reports about like his attitude and him getting along with coaching staffs and kind of, I don't know. It, it feels like he might not be a good fit for the vibes that we currently have either. So from that perspective, the other 21s, right? Like, well, they are, I don't know if they found a loan for him, but I know that they're definitely shopping one. Like there's it looks no like they don't even want him to train with our first team. Like, right. So that's not uh, a good sign. No. Not a good sign. Um, I mean, obviously the big scuttlebutt, I don't know why I use that word, but um, the big to do right now from the transfer uh, side is, is getting this Dragushin center back, which we've been hearing plenty of rumors about. There was a rumor that went out sometime over the weekend that, Byron was looking to come in for Eric Dyer. I don't know how true that is, but I really hope it is. That would be amazing. Know, know, has, has, has to get Kane's fingerprints all over. I mean, yeah. listen. Um, and honestly, like Eric might be a pretty decent center back somewhere else. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't really watch German football, so I don't know how his style would would fit with theirs. But Byron seems like. A really big club to be coming in for an okay center back. It's definitely sounds like uh, the Kane effect. But I also don't even know if that's true or if it's happening. So we'll see. Timo Werner. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I forgot about that one. So, yeah, Timo Timo is going to come on. And I don't know if that's like something where we're just high reward. It's definitely low risk, high reward. I I was saying I I wonder if that's a move we would have made if not for the Asian Cup. Like it feels like probably not. We need that's similar to what Sunny. United did for Region earlier this year. Yeah, like where they they just needed the cover even if it was just for a month. <clears throat> Who knows? I mean, a few years ago he was he was really good. It sounds like that was probably more about the system that he was playing in. But maybe our system will benefit from him and will benefit from him. You know, with the system that. It'll just be a good match for each other. Well, like yeah, you I said, think... it's 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 low risk, high reward. If he doesn't work out, his his deal ends in July. We can say bye bye. If it does well, work the out, buy, the option to buy is like seventeen million or something really low too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because he hasn't really worked out when he went back to Leipzig either. So I don't yeah. think they're in any rush to keep him. So like, right. it's a free hit. Yeah, in my opinion, like I like you said, it is a free hit. And the way I looked at it and the way I framed it in a few of my group chats is we're going to have Timo Werner when it's all said and done, probably playing like Brian Hill minutes. So mm-hmm. I think he's that's true. <clears throat> a better fit for our team than Brian Hill is. And you can expect him to do more with his more with the possession that he has than Brian Hill does. So to me, it's only an upgrade. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I'm, when I think, I'm I'm good off Brian Hill. I'm good off Sessignon too, but I don't even want to go down that road. It looks like he's going to give Sessignon a little bit of time. It sounds, sounds like Brian Hill's probably going to get out of here. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Selling I'm, back to I, Sevilla, he's you know that's that seems to be where he some enjoys. In Italy, that's that's interested in. He's got La Liga written all over him. He would be yeah. so good in La Liga. Sessignon, yeah, it's yeah. I I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing for that man. I feel like he's either hurt or he's coming back from being hurt and playing tentatively because he's scared of getting hurt again so like 
I feel like I've seen him play really well, like maybe twice. <laughs> and then it's it never lasted for more than like two games. And then he either started playing poorly again, lost his spot, or he got re-injured. So it's like, it what, what are we see. waiting on for this player? Like, what are we still hoping is going to happen? Like, well, I, like I, the only thing him. I would say is that he's still relatively young and he had apparently surgery that they hope is going to be the end his his uh, hamstring issues. So and he's going to come back like Richie after his surgery. He's going to just be. <laughs> I don't know. What'll, I don't know what will happen. He's, but I would, he, I can see he's probably gonna... been out for like 300 days. Like, so mm-hmm. it's going to be out for his whole while. career, Kim. He's I, mean, but, I mean, in a row, like it's it's been almost a year where we haven't seen him play for Spurs. So he just really needs to get his fitness back. That's the first step. Yeah. And so when having, I think again, having Ange is going to allow him to do that, and yeah. he wants to see what he looks like in the system. So we might see what that looks like at some point, but he'll use the next six months to figure out if he's if he is going to be enough for the team, and if not, he'll get sold. Like. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think that just the change that Ange has brought in all the players, I mean, I think it's only fair to let every player that Ange is interested in at least get that opportunity just to see what happens. I mean, seen with LaCelso, seen with, uh, I mean, Poro. <laughs> A lot of people weren't sure he was going to be very, very good. Now he's basically been our player of the season. Seems like everybody plays better under Pasta Cogley, so... We'll see well, what those, happens. Those are the those are the cult rules. You gotta blindly follow your leader. So I guess I gotta just <laughs> bet in here. This is the Koizaros Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Koizaros Podcast. Send us your questions and your thoughts. And I think the only thing left for us to do is talk about this match on Sunday. Big eleven thirty Eastern, ten thirty Central. Spurs versus United. This is gonna be the away fixture. After we beat them 2-0 at home earlier this season. So we will be playing them at Old Trafford. United has been, uh, I mean, they're always just the most interesting team to me. There's always so much around them. I mean, a lot of that drama is obviously brought on by the media who harp on every little thing that happens with United. But what's interesting is that they've played 20 games. They've won 10. And lost nine. They've only drawn once. So they pretty much either win or lose. Uh, and the one draw that they had was strangely against Liverpool, where they managed to keep a clean sheet and get a nil-nil draw. Looking at the raw numbers alone, and specifically in the win column, they've won 10 games, which is like more than you would think when you think about United. And for reference, Spurs have won 12. So despite them feeling like they've had a pretty bad season. It's really because of those nine losses. But I think the bigger point is that you don't really know what you're getting with this team. A lot of times they look really bad, and that's where the nine losses come from. And other times they look competent, and they look like they kind of know what they're doing, but they don't really seem to have any consistent style of play, which obviously this is something that as Spurs fans we're, we're used to. We've seen this with some of our teams in the past where – you turn the game on and you're just like, all right, let's see who shows up today. And United is very much that team. I think, you know, one thing going in our advantage is probably the fact that they don't seem to score very many goals. Of course, they had that second half comeback against Villa where they scored three. But for the most part, 
um, they're kind of just finding goals where they can get them. They also went um, without a goal for four matches straight in December. So I really don't know what to make of this team. They're certainly not a team that you would go in being nervous about, but it also does feel like, you know, they beat Villa. They drew with Liverpool. They beat Chelsea, who's also not that good. Um, but, like, they've been able to kind of find even that 1-0 loss against Bayern, which was not very great. Um, I feel like they typically play better against better teams, and they play worse against worse teams. What are you expecting, Kim, to see on Sunday? I expect us to win. Um, I'm taking a look at United squad and Onana's at AFCON. No, he's going to play and then go to AFCON. He got permission oh, really? to stay behind. Yeah, he played uh, in the FA Cup game as well. Mm, I mean, I don't know if that's okay. helping them or not because he's also very inconsistent. In in okay. many ways, Onana is representative of, of what you've seen from United this season. But he is going to be playing. I expect us to win because, like, like you say, their real issue is scoring goals. And when you look across the team, like, has Anthony scored a goal at all this season? I don't think so. And he's their starting winger. He doesn't. Well, they've also been playing assist. around with that front three a lot. Sometimes it's Anthony. Sometimes you see Hoyland. Sometimes you see Rashford. And I don't think he's really found anybody that he's consistently kept in that front three outside of Garnacho. So that's another yeah, thing. Like we don't. He's even the know one. Who... He's right. the one that if anyone scores, I think it'll be him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I probably go two one. Yeah, like I say, I, I like I said, I have zero idea who's actually going to play, and that's the problem. Is for them or for us? Who... Both. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like exactly. both. It's, it's, it's exactly. like it's hard. To, it's hard to predict, but I'm just not at the point where I'm going to predict the loss against that team because I I still feel like we have the in general, more of a camaraderie in our team that I can expect us to pull out a result against that team. I just feel like we have more of togetherness than they do. And I kind of just feel like that togetherness against a team that doesn't have it can really shine out. Well, you use the word camaraderie. I would just use the word style of play. Like I feel like <laughs> when we step onto the pitch, we have an idea of what we want to do. Whether or not the players are able to execute that is a separate story. Sometimes you get good Brennan. Sometimes you get not so great Brennan. Same thing with Richie. Same thing with Gio. So on and so forth. But they know what the plan is. You know what they're going to do. And then it's just up to them to execute and finish, finish the goals when they get the chances. United is a team that does not really seem to have a very clear style or vision. It does feel like they're getting different directions from week to week, depending on who they're playing and slash or the players are just not taking to Ten Hag's uh, leadership or guidance because it doesn't really seem like whatever he's telling them to do is necessarily being executed. I also feel like, like you said, they struggle to score, but based on what I just saw against Burnley, I'm not feeling super confident about our ability to score either. But I do think our style of play and our system will be enough to get us the win. So I'm also going to go 2-1. Mm. 
Yeah, not to just jump on the bandwagon here, but 2-1 was what I was going to pick from the beginning. That's basically my score of I don't really know what's going to happen. That's what I pick. <laughs> yeah, um, that's fair. Because and it's, it's hilarious because the someone at Queen Spurs has said, every time you pick 2-1, you kind of, it, it works out for you. <laughs> that's what they said to me. They're like, well, you choose 2-1, like it tends to go well. And they're like, why don't you choose that more often? I'm like, because I, I, I don't know. Now he's, it's now, right. now it's he's lobbying for predictions here. <laughs> Well, yeah, since, like you said, I just, I don't know which version of Spurs is going to turn up, especially because, you know, having Van Van back, potentially Benton Core in there. Gio, like you said, could be so hit or miss. Um, but then United has been a Jekyll and Hyde team of the year, probably, with uh, with some of the performances put in. Oh, absolutely. So, I the main thing that worries me about United is they just always seem up for us. They're, they're one of those teams, kind of like how West Ham is, except like a slightly better version, where... I don't know what our actual numbers are against them. I just feel like even if we're better than United, they beat us more often than not for some reason. They're just one of those teams that will win the expected goals battle, but then, you know, get hit on the break or they get a late penalty or whatever the case may be. Well, think about this. Change that luck. How many seasons before this one would you go into a game and feel like, you know, we had a better 11 than they did? I feel like during my time supporting Spurs that we've been better than them almost like half the time. So I don't know about no, the last yeah. couple of years are the only time that that's really been different. Like five years, you know, during the poach years, we were better than them the whole time. Um, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So United, when I first started watching, it was the last couple seasons of Alex Ferguson. And United used to be like scary all the time. But mm-hmm. as soon as he left, I mean, they, they really, uh, have not been able to replace their manager basically for almost a decade now where they've just become another team that rotates through managers. Um, Ten Hag does not seem to inspire a lot of unity in that team. Just seems like a weird dude too. I'm very glad we ended up with uh, Postacoglu versus him. But uh, yeah, I, I think I'll go two one as well, just because like you said, the uh, between our injuries and their inconsistency, <clears throat> it's just so hard to pick. I'm hoping that, us having some returning uh, players can hopefully bolster the squad a little bit. Uh, who knows? Maybe if we do end up getting Jagushin before the weekend, maybe he'll step in and play right away. Um, I mean, that's what we did with Vandeven. Wasn't he here for like a few days before? Yeah, the game? I mean, it was it would, like three days. It would be nice to get that deal done like tomorrow, <laughs> so that yeah. he could, you know, fly to London and sign his papers and be ready for Sunday. Um, that would be a nice boost for sure. Maybe. Um, and maybe who trick. knows? We might get a we might get a surprise James Madison showing. Who knows? <laughs> Possible. Or we can get a, a Timo Werner hat trick. <laughs> I want him. <laughs> I want him to save his hat trick for when we go to the bridge. That's what I want. Yeah. I, I want. I want to really rub it in the Chelsea fans' faces. That's that's oh, that's man. my that's my my vision. That's my dream. That's what I'm. That's what I'm praying yeah. to the the football gods for. Any other notes on that would be our match? first one at the bridge in how long? Can you imagine? No, uh, I, no, I'm not really, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm praying on it. That's all I could do. That's all I could do is pray on it. Yeah, that team, like, yeah, that team kind of derailed our season. So I feel like we we definitely owe them a lick back when we uh, go meet them at their place. Um, but that's not going to be till February. So I'll have to continue to hold my grudge for a little bit longer. Let's get this win against United. 
Come on, you Come Spurs. On Spurs. Come on, you Spurs.